Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello everyone. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the Daily Boogie for yet another edition of Top Foolery. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you. Today's suggested beverage is an Irish coffee. And your suggested snack is Spam on Toast with eggs and tomato. Settle in, put your feet up. We've got plenty to get through. Thanks for being here. Let's hope the voice holds up. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us and welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I am Boogie Bumper, your host, hopefully for the next hour or so. We'll see how we go. We'll see how we do. How the fuck are you? Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday edition of the show. Hope you had a lovely day. I certainly have. As usual, we've got plenty to get through. I hope the uh, the voice holds up today. I'm fingers crossed. It feels good. I feel okay. We'll see how it sounds about 45 minutes in. We're slowly getting back there. Slowly getting back to where I need to be. So I appreciate your patience. Yesterday, I listened back to like the last 15 minutes of yesterday and it it wasn't good. (laughs) It wasn't good at all. Hey, Cohen. So I would like to talk about this thing that's very important. I could just hear people hitting the X button all the way across the Atlantic, all the way across the Pacific, across every single ocean on planet Earth. But hopefully it'll be a lot better today. Uh, If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to complain about the coarseness of my voice, then of course you complain, complain about how coarse my voice is by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. And just a quick follow up from yesterday, I screwed up. Um, I would really like people, if they can find it within themselves, uh, if you didn't watch yesterday's show, please go back and watch it. Uh, talking about December 10th, the terms of service changes that are coming to YouTube. I won't go over all that old ground again, but if people can, I know it's a pain in the ass. Please, if you can, if you enjoy this show and you like it for whatever sick reason you have for liking a show as terrible as this, then I would urge you, please, if you can do it, to head over to DLive and follow me on DLive. Create an account, download the app. The app's great. It works great. The website's good. Um, DLive treats their content creators, it appears, you know, a lot more fairly than a lot of the other platforms. And should people start getting the band hammer from those other platforms, then DLive is probably going to be the place to find them. For, the, for now, anyway. Uh, you know, it sucks. I get it. It sucks. But this is this is the way it's going to have to be until a genuine competitor enters the marketplace with the balls to actually stand up for the very values that, you know, the creation of social media and the internet more broadly was credited with in the first place. You know, we're going to be happy. We're going to have to run from place to place to place to place as these platforms decide you know, after a certain given amount of time that they want more money and less controversy or they don't want to have to put up with this kind of shit, whatever. 
and then the band hammer comes in so you'll find all of these content creators having to go from place to place it's just the way it's going to be for now until like i said a genuine competitor enters the field and says no you know what we're just not going to ban people if they don't break the law how about that as long as they don't break the law then they could do whatever the fuck they like and all of the outrage and all of the other shit that gets associated with people oftentimes unfairly well we're not going to pay any attention to that because we're going to respect the audience enough to make the decision for themselves whether something is offensive we're going to respect the audience enough to make the decision for themselves whether something is harmful to them and we're going to give them the option of not watching it rather than being gatekeepers and deciding for the rest of society that we need to take some kind of you know jesus move responsibility action and make the call on your behalf because you're obviously too fat, stupid and uneducated to do it for yourself. So until a platform like that comes along, uh, it looks like DLive is the best option. But the reason I bring it up is because yesterday I'm such an idiot. I called it DLive.com. It's not DLive.com. It's DLive.tv if you're on your PC. So if you head to DLive.tv slash Boogie Bumper, you'll find me there and you can follow that way or download the app, hit the search bar and you'll find me there. A lot of people... Um, subscribe yesterday and joined on DLive. So thank you very much for that. And I have to do something too. You've reminded me. Because on DLive, just if you just comment on DLive, the more people uh, comment, the more activity there is in the chat room on DLive. DLive puts, um, they put Leno points, which is a kind of cryptocurrency into a chest. And this accumulates currency as the show goes on. So you have to remind me when we get to the end of the show to open the chest and then the people in the chat room, they get prizes. You might get like 50 cents worth of Leno points. Yay. Yay. But the more people who chat in DLive, the more the chest accumulates Leno points. And then when I open the chest at the end and everybody in the chat room gets little prizes, then happy fucking days, I guess. I mean, it's, it's better than nothing. It's better than the slap in the face with a cold fish. This would be more commercially viable if you put a Gillette logo over your face. <laughs> I might do that. I might consider doing that. That's not a bad, that's not a half bad idea. Gillette ladies though. Long time listeners to this show know that I'm a fan of ladies razors. They use better steel. It's nicer on your skin. So I'm very metrosexual. That's about as far as I can get with metrosexuality. It's like, yes, I will use ladies razors because they use better steel. They care more about um, keeping the women in that market than they do the men. Because the men men will basically put anything up to their face and try to hack away at it. It could be a rusty spoon. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that'll do. Whatever. They care not for razor blade quality. But I do. I do. I take a stand. Uh, what the hell am I talking about? Thank you for joining us. We've got plenty to get through. Ladies and gentlemen, the first thing that I would like to address today, and thank you for following us on DLive, the first thing that I would like to address today is the big news, the big breaking news. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, that's not it. This is it. Kamala Harris has stepped down. Ah, ah. She's pulled the pin. She's walked away. She's quit. She's given up. She said she can't do it. She's not running for president anymore. Oh, I thought I thought she was the one. I really, really believed in her. I really, she's just so nice. It just made sense. You know, I feel so bad. I really thought she would be there till the end. So unfortunate. Oh, come on. 
You know, I thought she was the one that was going to make a difference. I thought she was the one that was going to bring people together finally in this turbulent time. Oh, it's awful. Oh, thank you for the ice cream, Sebastian. Just donated an ice cream. How delicious of you. Thank you very much. So very unfortunate for Kamala Harris and the supporters of Kamala Harris. Forget that. The supporters of America, the supporters of the world have been let down today because Kamala Harris has decided to step down. So I've got a couple of uh, clips here analyzing. What? People are laughing. You're not taking this seriously? Come on. Come on. I thought she was the one, man. Didn't you feel it? I felt it. I felt it deep down in here. I really thought she was going to go all the way. So I've got a couple of clips here. The first one I wanted to show you because I had this loaded up um, a few days ago, ready to go. And this is obviously before she decided to announce that she wasn't running anymore. So I thought it was interesting to go over because the the clip, as you can see, is entitled CNN panel discusses the dramatic, stunning unraveling of Kamala Harris's campaign. This is before she's decided to quit. So let's see what CNN was talking about in the days leading up to Kamala Harris walking away from her dedicated supporters of 2% or something of that amount. Yes, if you're not, if you're not, you should. uh, I want you to be wearing Caribbean Indian armbands in the chat tonight. Press F in the chat for Kamala Harris. Press F in the chat for freedom. The 2020 Democratic field is the largest and most diverse ever, but as fall turns to winter, just four candidates, all of them white, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Pete Buttigieg have significant support in the latest CNN map. Oh, yes. Laughing is still a, is still a problem for me, so this clip could be dangerous. <laughs> you know, this is the most this is the most diverse field of Democratic candidates we've ever had, but for some reason, the front runners, all of them, are white. <laughs> How awful! How disgusting! So I, I, I'm loath to go back to this meme. I'm loath to use this line, but I feel I must. Can, can I now say with, with supreme confidence, well, the Democrats are the real racists. <laughs> Why aren't they supporting the Jamaican Indian girl? Why aren't they voting for diversity? What the hell is going on over there, you bigots? You Come on, Democrat, my Democrat brothers and sisters. Why are all the front runners white? Isn't it just disgusting? And most diverse ever, but as fall turns to winter, just four candidates, all of them white, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Pete Buttigieg, have significant support (laughs) in the latest CNN national poll. Seven more registered between 1% and 3%, including Kamala Harris, whose fall from the top tier has been dramatic. She was at... We've got Julian Castro hanging in there with 1%. The guy who wants to give uh, transgender women free abortions. He said there's 1%. He's still hanging on. He's still hanging in there. 17% in CNN's June poll immediately after a widely praised debate performance. Good enough at the time for second place. Now she's at 3% nationally. And <laughs> Great comment in the chat from Ambelina. On the bright side, she has a slightly used bus for sale. Low case. <laughs> Only one owner. 
It's fantastic. The picture isn't much prettier in the early states. Oh. The California senator is running out of money and has laid off much of her staff. She's running but out of money, there's bro. There's still time for a comeback story. <laughs> when you. Remember, this was a couple of days before she announced that she's giving up. This is a couple of days before she announced she's quitting the race. Kamala Harris says there's still time for a comeback story. Look at at least three of the and top people on the wasn't. ticket. They've been on the national stage for decades. They're yeah. well known. Yeah. Um, they are they are for that reason familiar. Uh-huh. And the challenge that those of us who have not been on the national stage before, those of us who have not run for mm. president before, mm. is to to make ourselves known. Good, good job. So she's been running since January, almost a, a year now. Is the problem that she isn't well known enough? I think part of the problem has been messaging. There's, we had a. <laughs> Perhaps the problem is she's too well known. Are we allowed to consider that? <laughs> is the problem that people know too much about Kamala Harris, which is why they're not supporting her? Is that fair to say? Is that a possible? Is that even on the table? No, no, no. The problem is messaging. Ah. A story uh, yesterday detailing problems within her campaign, yeah. how the mm. campaign was managed. Uh, a lot of her campaign f- came from California, and most of their experience yeah. was running races in that state, which is really different than running a national presidential campaign. And Yeah, it's amazing. In California, you can just stand there and make shit up and talk about racism, 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 racism constantly, endlessly, and get elected. It's a miracle. But then when you try to transfer that to a national poll and you get to states that aren't California and you stand there and you say, well, you're all disgusting racists and here's why. It's, it's amazing. Even Democrat voters in those other states might have an opportunity to turn around and say, yeah, I don't think I like this woman that much. Why she got why she going to be talking about the racism all the time? Is that, is, that, is that all she does? Is that the only trick that she's got? Is that the only thing in her bag? Like, like, what you going to do about the taxes? Well, taxes are racist. Ah, oh, okay. What you going to do about, uh, like, that immigration problem and that? Well, we can't really have much of an immigration situation because that would be racist. And like, do, you, do you say anything except racism? Is that all you got there? That's interesting. It's interesting that it doesn't work in places that aren't California. Who, who would have thunk it? Certainly, California looks very little like Iowa. I, I think the question is going to be whether she can make a comeback story and get into that top tier of, you know, four or so <laughs> candidates who've been up there for a number of weeks, kind of fighting it out yeah. at the top. Interesting but story. But she has a lot of competition. Senator Cory Booker is trying to get up there. Senator Amy Klobuchar is trying to get up there. And she feels that she has a little boost of clomentum that mm-hmm. could happen for her. Uh, <laughs> I mean, did you just coin that? What? Did you I just coin that? We'll have to see whether any of them can transition into that top tier, but transition. time is ticking away and you good know, clock is counting down. Yeah, definitely. And, and part of her issue is money. She doesn't have enough money to put uh, Got no uh, cash, ads bro. on the air in those early states. The headline, brutal headline, really, from the New York Times brutal that day, headline. how Kamala Harris's campaign unraveled. In one instance after another, Ms. Harris and her closest advisors made flawed decisions, flawed decisions about which states to focus on, issues to emphasize, and opponents to target, all the while refusing to make difficult personnel choices to impose order on an unwieldy campaign according to more than 50 order order the campaign order 50 50 
current and former campaign staff members and allies. Norwester in the chat. Clomentum is a yeast medicine. Most of whom spoke on condition of anonymity to disclose private conversations and assessments involving the candidate 50 people went on. That was a stunning, I, I think, uh, example of the turmoil in her campaign and turmoil. how folks are worried about its future. Yeah, that was a very good piece. I think that though, when you get to the core of the issue, what's the core of the issue? Kamala Harris. Everybody shut up and listen to the old white guy. It's not that she's not well known. It is that she hasn't defined herself in a way that people know who she really is. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. No shit. You know, because part of the problem I see as an outsider looking in is she defined herself as a as a member of a particular section of an, a particular ethnic minority and other members of that ethnic minority, including uh, a co-host on your very own network, Don Lemon, said, no, that's bullshit. She ain't one of us, bro. <laughs> she hasn't defined herself in a way that makes sense to people. Yeah, damn straight. Because she came out and said, I'm black. <laughs> And people, black people are saying, she ain't black. She's half Indian and half Jamaican. She's not African-American. That doesn't count. And it was like, shut up, you Nazi. What difference does it make? I decide what I am. I'll define what I am. You'll do what you're told. You'll believe what you're told to believe. Um, obviously, they've had intrigue in the campaign. Intrigue. Clashes in the campaign. Clashes. Those are commonplace in a campaign that's struggling. Yeah. But she hit turbulence in that debate in Detroit when she tangled with Joe Biden. She hit him first in the one early debate, then he hit her. She's never fully recovered from that. Uh -huh. And she's tried a variety of messages mm -hmm. and ideas and things. See, they... Uh, mm, mm, mm. Yeah, Joe, Joe Biden put an end to it. Give me a fucking break. Really? <laughs> they, won't mention, they won't mention Tulsi Gabbard. The only way they'll mention Tulsi Gabbard on CNN is to say that she's working for the Russians. But they won't mention Tulsi. Tulsi Gabbard handed Kamala Harris's ass to her. Ever since uh, Tulsi tore her to shreds on in that debate, Kamala, you can track it. Kamala Harris's popularity has been gradually getting lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. And it's not about being a fanboy for Tulsi or anything like that. It's just observable reality. Gabbard was the one that made a whole bunch of Democrats turn and look at each other and go, really? I didn't know that about this bitch. Who knew? But they're, they're crediting Joe Biden. Of course they're going to credit Joe Biden because Joe Biden's their guy. Joe Biden's their man. Joe Biden is the safe corporate option. So everything good that happens, every, every, every devastating takedown, it must have been Joe Biden. When he, in between talking about corn pop and people touching him on the inner thigh for some fucking reason at swimming pools, whatever it was, he's the one who took care of Kamala Harris. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep, yep. Does anybody remember a big Joe Biden takedown on one of the debate stages? I can't. I can't think of one. Uh, and it hasn't come together. In a race like this, you never say anybody's out of it because surprises happen. But when you. <laughs> the benefit of hindsight. Go down like that, it's, it's very hard. difficult to come Low down. Inconsistency, Sun Min, in terms of the messaging, a really difficult uh, thing for her. And lately, it's been she has been arguing that she's in the best place to bring the Obama coalition uh, back together again. <laughs> Exactly. But I mean, in Dan's point about not being able to define herself has been really one of the big problems for her. We yep. talked earlier about Elizabeth Warren's issues with health care. Kamala Harris has had her own issues with whether you fully embrace Medicare for all. We saw that moment where she said, yep, get rid of private insurance.
There you go. Sensational stuff. Um, and then, of course, this happened today. This is CNN Breaking News. Well, at least it was happening. And I guess that's why I'm running. I do believe that why I'm running. to beat Donald Trump, but also to, to heal our country. Heal. We the need country a needs to heal. We need the ability to unify our <laughs> I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. This bullshit line of... You know, you know, somebody needs to heal the country. It's it's used in all political races by, you know, progressive types all over the Western world. And it's such a bullshit line. Here's why. Every election is divided. That is the whole point of an election is to divide people according to who they want to run the country. <laughs> well, this election shows how divided we really are. Yes, every election shows that, sweetheart. Because there's going to be a whole bunch of people over there who want this and a whole bunch of people over there who want that. They are divided. When there is a vote in the Australian Parliament, they call it a division. A division is in progress. That's when the people are voting on bills. (laughs) So you knew what was going to happen. If just say you could go back in the time machine, go back in the time machine to 2016 and just say Hillary Clinton wins. And just say the vote, like the numbers are 50-50 or just about on, but Hillary Clinton just ekes home with a victory. Maybe she wins by one vote. Let's let's put it this way. Hillary Clinton wins the 2016 presidential election by one solitary vote. All of these people in the corporate press would be saying something to the effect of, well, it's just great to know that the country is united behind the first female president. This vote proves that the country has never been so united on the qualities of tolerance and diversity and we're all together in this and we're all celebrating, we're all so happy. But then when the other guy wins by, the other guy could win by 2 million votes, it doesn't matter, 5 million, 10 million, they'll say, well, this election proves that the country has never been so bitterly divided. It's just a go-to line. It's It's an apply to everything line that all of these people constantly use, which in reality means fuck all, means nothing. It's just the line you trot out. It's, it's mindless rhetorical sewerage that is programmed into politicians and programmed into pundits and programmed into journalists. They, they don't, they're not even aware that they're saying it. You are, I just need to, I think I'm the best person to heal a divided country. <laughs> Our country and see that the vast majority of us have so much more in common than what separates us. <laughs> I want to bring in on this breaking news that we're following. Kamala Harris, senator from California, dropping out of the 2020 presidential race. Um, Kyung, she had been struggling in the polls, clearly struggling in fundraising. Book her out next? I don't know. Maybe. He seems to have staying power, Cory Booker, for some reason. She admitted that in her letter uh, to supporters and volunteers as she decided. He's got that never say die attitude, which to be fair, remember, he is a Spartan. So it's only it's only natural. Decided to suspend her campaign. Uh, but this is someone who was a, a key figure key and represented figure. key demographics of the Democratic Party and the coalition <laughs> that a candidate will have to pull together in order to beat President Trump. Tell- See, this is the beautiful part. This is the delicious part about all of this garbage. They are they are so wedded to identity politics that they cannot admit, they cannot talk about the 10,000 pound elephant sitting in the corner of the room. 
Remember that last little clip we played from a few days ago? The host couldn't, they, they were beside themselves. They couldn't figure out why there's such a diverse field, but all of the four top candidates for the Democrat nomination were all white people. Like, they can't figure it out. But but I thought everybody wants diverse. People care more about the fact that Kamala Harris is brown than they do about anything else. That's obvious. We know this. So why are all the top candidates white? It doesn't make any sense to me. And then you have this little clip here where they're saying, well, she was so important. She's such an important figure, guys. Remember, she was polling at 2%. 2 fucking percent. She's such an important figure in this race because she brings in all of those different minority groups. She brings in all of the diversity. It's all about diversity and representation. She's so important. But nobody was voting for her. They can't bring themselves to admit the facade. They can't bring themselves to admit the charade. The spell, the the veil that's been put over their eyes. They can't bring themselves to admit it. That nobody really outside of, you know, the hard left intellectual university tip and the corporate media and the Washington bubble, nobody really gives a fuck how brown you are. That's not really going to make that much difference. If it did, the four front runners in the Democrat Party, remember the woke party, the party that's all about diversity and tolerance and nothing else, the party that's just about we want diverse candidates. If it were true that people cared, if it, if it were true that people like Kamala Harris were so important for bringing all the minority votes together, then she wouldn't have quit. Then the top four candidates wouldn't be white. And just like that, the illusion, you know, just tears apart and floats off into outer space. Even Democrat voters, ladies and gentlemen, really don't give that much of a fuck when push comes to shove. If they did, somebody like Kamala Harris would apparently be the, the top of the pops. She'd be the pick of the bunch. But nope, it's old, dottery, white, rich guy leading the pack. How about that for Democrat voters? How about that? Of course, none of this makes any difference. None of this matters. Logic is unimportant to these people. They'll just merely brush it aside. They'll come up with some kind of bullshit excuse like, oh, her messaging wasn't good enough. That's why. All the while, deliberately, willfully ignoring the, the stark, obvious truth that's staring them right in the face that they cannot admit to because that would bring their whole identity as a member of the Washington bubble or as the intellectual elite. It would bring that identity to come crashing down into a pile upon itself. <laughs> Poppy in the chat says, maybe it's because she's not brown enough. Could be. Could be. Um, I wanted to show you this clip too. I thought this was fun. I wanted to check in to see what's happening in Hong Kong. I can already hear the voice going again. Oh, man. More beer will fix it. Let me just cough for a second. That's a little better. Constant clearing. I wanted to check in to see what's happening in Hong Kong. Because as you know, there was recently a, a number of elections in Hong Kong 
And apparently 80% of the candidates that were elected came from uh, vociferously pro-democracy parties, which I thought was just utterly fantastic. And they're out there waving American flags and UK flags. Isn't it funny? You know, I bet you've all had like this experience, a friend who comes from, say, a a former Soviet country, like a former communist country. It's amazing that, you know, this friend that you have growing up, their parents tend to be the ones that are most anti-communist. The people who have lived in communist, under communist regimes tend to be the ones who are most against like any kind of socialism, any kind of communist-like policy. And the people who have done nothing but suckle at the teat of capitalism without, with, by putting in the least amount of effort possible and just rolling around and rubbing dollar bills on their chest as they grow up and go to university and their liberal arts college degrees and whatnot, they're the ones who are most for communism and for socialism because they're the ones who have been so, the furthest detached from the actual realities of living in it. That's always amused me. So the people of Hong Kong have had a taste of freedom for a long time, and now they see that freedom being just picked away at, just chipped away at. And once you get that taste of freedom in your mouth, it's very hard to get rid of it. And they're not giving it up without a fight. So I think it's fantastic. But I just just want to show you this clip and see what's happening, the latest that's happening down in Hong Kong. I think you're going to like this. In a Hong Kong square, hundreds gathered against police use of tear gas on Sunday. Families with their children carrying placards and yellow balloons following a week of relative calm. It bothers everyone, from kids to adults. It's as if the entire society needs to come to a halt. People don't dare to come out on account of the risk of tear gas. Their message does not seem to have been heard. Elsewhere, police fired volleys of tear gas and deployed pepper spray. It's Asian Antifa. Marking the end of a lull in violence since district elections a week ago that delivered an overwhelming victory to pro-democracy candidates. Activists have pledged to maintain the momentum of their movement. And on Sunday, thousands were marching, urging people not to forget the reason to protest. Anger at perceived Chinese meddling in Hong Kong's freedoms. Look at this! Now, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see what's on the screen right now, but they <laughs> it's like a fan fiction Trump rally that the people of Hong Kong are doing. So they've got a guy up there dressed like Donald Trump, wearing a Donald Trump mask, standing in front of a sign, Trump, let's make Hong Kong great again, with all the American flags on the stage. It's fucking surreal. I have to be honest with you. I, I, I don't understand why they're doing this. <laughs> I don't understand why somebody in Hong Kong said, let's have a fake Donald Trump rally with a fake Donald Trump. Yeah, I just one will say, I won't make Hong Kong great again. And, you know, fuck, it, fuck China. We ain't going to deal with China no more. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm doing, I'm trying my best to mix Queens with Chinese. It's not fucking working well for me, trust me. But there he is, little Donald Trump up there on the, up on the stage with his little red tie, his little mask. That march followed another earlier in the day to the US consulate, <laughs> where the American national anthem was sung as a thanks to President Donald Trump. 
Once for wow, one ways wing. He's recently signed into law two bills that would ban exports of anti-riot munitions to China. Why flagging boys was and impose possible sanctions based on its handling of Hong Kong, which drew a sharp rebuke <laughs> from Beijing's foreign. It's a very serious-looking Trump mask as well. It's not the shit-eating grin Donald Trump mask that we're used to. Ministry. But at a rival pro-China rally, they weren't so keen. With this Beijing backer saying that Hong Kongers don't need to rely on the US. Oh, the, the pro-China rally. And they the, none of them look like they're paid to be there or government operatives at all. The pro-China, the anti-Hong Kong pro-China protest looks completely organic. You know, here in Australia, there was a number of uh, pro-Hong Kong protests because I don't know if you know this or not, but we basically outsource our university to Chinese kids now. Like it's full of it's it is literally full of Chinese kids. Even uh, you know, lefty news sources and stuff have done investigative reports on the state of the Australian universities. It's like our third biggest industry now. Our third biggest import is foreign students. So it's vital to our economy. So nobody wants to change it. But all of these pro-China uh, rallies and the pro-China, like the anti-Hong Kong rallies are all organised by, you know, like Chinese student unions at, at Sydney University and Melbourne University. Mm -hmm. And we also know that there is a large amount of money that is funnelled into these universities from China. Mm -hmm. And uh, various people in the university system have tried to teach things like uh, you know, so degrees or courses in Western civilization, and they've been met with cries of racism. You can't teach that because it's racist. And then at the same time, these same universities have said, but we are going to start teaching a course on the rise of Chairman Mao. <laughs> it's a fucking joke. It's an absolute joke. But, you know, all of these like pro-China rallies, the, oh, it's very organic. None of these people are paid to be here. None of these people are here because their family members are being threatened back in the homeland or anything. No, no, no. They just really want to live under Chinese rule. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> yep. Very believable. <laughs> there you have it. Don't you just love it, though? The pro-Donald Trump, the Donald Trump rally in Hong Kong with a fake Donald Trump. How about we get the fake Donald Trump to move to the United States in between 2020 and 2024 get him naturalized and become a citizen by 2024 and then change the rules. So somebody born outside the United States can run for president. And then we can have fake Hong Kong, Donald Trump. Cause if you, if you really want somebody to take it to China properly, like balls out, then I think fake Hong Kong, Donald Trump is going to be the man for the job. Nobody knows China like fake Hong Kong, Donald Trump, HKDJT. There you have it. Absolutely fantastic. I'll tell you what, one more video since we're on elections. Uh, this is coming from the UK. And if you're not familiar with the UK system, uh, they do take the piss a little bit. A couple of election cycles ago, there was a party in the UK called No One. This is a this is a 100 percent true story. So I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of an election nerd. I like watching elections in the UK. I like watching elections in the United States. Because I'm a very boring, sad, embittered, and cynical person. 
So there was a party running in the UK, which was no one. And what happens in the UK when they announce the winner of like each local race, right? They get all the candidates to stand up on stage when the numbers are read out. So the person who wins the election in that particular local seat can step forward and give a speech and yay, happy days. But everybody who runs is up on stage for that moment at t- together at the same time. So they would go, okay, this is Mr. Johns from the Labor Party. Uh, This is Mrs. Smith from the Liberal Party. Uh, This is such and such from the Green Party. And this is no one. And then they would scan the camera to like a blank blank space on the stage. And there would just be no one standing there. And like no one would get 500 votes. (laughs) In some races, no one got more votes than actual real life people standing on the stage. Can you imagine standing on the stage when the numbers are read out? And you, as a representative, get less votes than literally no one. People voted for no one over you. We don't want anybody. (laughs) We want an empty seat in Parliament to represent us. (laughs) So the British do like to have a little bit of fun when it comes to elections. And I thought thought this guy was fantastic. Uh, Somebody is running against Boris Johnson in the upcoming election, and his name is Count Binface. Let's have a look. Do you want to meet Count Binface, who could potentially usurp the current Prime Minister of the United Kingdom? This is a bit more of this shit needs to happen in elections. I don't even care. I like Boris Johnson, but I also like this. I, if I was in Boris Johnson's seat, I might even vote for this guy. Check it out. Hey, Binface. You hey, right? Binface. It's Count Binface to you. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, how are you? What's been on your mind today? Well, I can't hide from the fact that there is this general election campaign going on. And how do you start your day? Well, as a species who is intimately connected with bins, I do tend to get up pretty early. (laughs) Then I shall quell any rebellions on Sigma 9. It is so dumb. (laughs) It's so dumb and so hacky and so cheesy. I absolutely love it. But I'm always sure to clean up afterwards. Keep the galaxy tidy. Now, come on. Fish and chips (laughs) or Sunday roast? (laughs) A Sunday roast on a Wednesday. Perfection. Why are we having this election? You are having this election because Boris Johnson... The blonde bumshell, who is currently your Prime Minister, thinks he can unite the Leave vote and fracture the left, who are still led by the divisive Corbyn. And then, of course, there is Brexit, which remains, in my considered opinion, a s*** show. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I I just can't see why the opponents to Boris Johnson aren't doing better in the polls than they're currently doing. I mean, Bin Man is on the money. They should take a leaf out of Bin Man's trash can. They should take a leaf out of his book. They should see this is obviously a formula that works, don't you think? Good, good to see you. How's it going? No, no, he's gone. This one divides opinion, but Marmite, yes or no? Marmite, tricky one. Uh, so what I've done is uh, I have written two articles, one in favour of Marmite and one against it. And I shall decide which one to send to the Telegraph at the most opportunistic moment for my career. What's your favourite band? <laughs> at the moment, I must say, I'm listening to a lot of uh, Count Basie, Counting Crows, and, uh, of course, Chris Rea. Mainly Chris Rea. 
Make of that what you will. And how do you rate your chief opponent, Boris Johnson? Boris Johnson, then. Boris Johnson. You know, I say this. I think novelty candidates should be allowed to stand. I mean, why not? No matter how ridiculous they get up. And this <laughs> Boris Johnson, or whoever really is inside that ridiculous hairy costume, let them have their 15 minutes in the sun. <laughs> or preferably on the surface of it. There you go. <laughs> There's Bin Man. Vote one for Bin Man in the upcoming Count Bin Face. Pardon me. Sorry, Count. How disrespectful of me. I love that shit. It's so dumb. What the... Lisa's like, what the hell is this? This is the guy that's running against Boris Johnson in the local election in the UK. Count Binface. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right. Let's start telling women what to do. I saw this article the other day and I thought I absolutely have to go over it with you because, it, again... Um, lately, it's just been an onslaught of delicious irony. The irony has been dripping all over me like hot oil in a massage parlor. Oh, yeah. Rub me, baby. <laughs> Sky Views. Isn't it time... I want you to ask yourself a question, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't it time to reject women as window dressing in sport? Isn't it time? Haven't we had enough? Haven't we had enough of scantily clad, attractive women uh, parading around for the amusement of sports goers around the world? Haven't we had enough of this? I'm glad you asked. This is written by another woman, by the way, who's obviously all about empowerment. By Martha Kellner from Sky News, ladies and gentlemen. Ring girls have been a part of boxing for more than half a century, apparently first coming into existence in 1965, when a magazine published a picture of a scantily clad Las Vegas model holding a sign at a fight. But it's 2019 now. <laughs> this was without doubt probably my favourite meme from the 2015-2016 era of memeing. The current year meme. And if you, if you, I, I feel like I don't have to explain this, but I think I should just in case people aren't aware of what the current year meme is. It came about because of, you know, certain people, the progressive types, would use the date as an argument, right? So you would say, because, you know, they like to spew out this rhetorical garbage. Uh, if you have a, a more traditional view of something, a more traditional social view, they'll say, well, it's twenty, it's 2019 now, silly. You know, we used to think the earth was flat, but now we know better. So that became current year. So if you would propose something, they'd say, no, we can't do it because current year. Or you're wrong because current year, right? You know... Sure, you might think it's a bad idea now to let uh, millions and millions and millions of untrek, uh, unchecked uh, Islamic migrants into Europe. But once upon a time, we used to think the earth was flat. Now we know better. <laughs> you see what I'm doing here? You see how it goes? So that's the current year. So, you know, once upon a time, we used to think it was okay for women to hold signs up in boxing rings. But come on, guys, it's 2019. End of argument. I win. I win the argument. But it's 2019 now, the author continues. The world is changing and using barely clothed women to adorn sporting events should be consigned to history because it's 2019. No other argument needed. 
Britain's Anthony Joshua will fight Mexican-American Andy Ruiz on Saturday in Saudi Arabia. It is one of them. Oh, I can, oh please. Are they going to praise the Saudi the way Saudi Arabia treats women? This is going to be fucking epic, man. Britain's Joshua. Britain's Anthony Joshua will fight Mexican-American Andy Ruiz on Saturday in Saudi Arabia. It is one of the most eagerly anticipated bouts of recent years a rematch after Joshua's surprise defeat in June, but in a highly unusual occurrence, there will be no ring girls, or at least not as we recognize them. Yes, Saudi Arabia. Woo! <laughs> Guys, it's 2019. Don't you think we've had enough of female liberation? Don't you think we've seen enough scantily clad women at sporting events? Why can't we look to the future like Saudi fucking Arabia? <laughs> These people are stark raving mad. <laughs> you disgusting conservative bigots. Wanting to look at scantily clad women at sporting events? Why can't you be more like the Saudis? <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna have ring girls. Can't we learn a little bit from Saudi Arabia? Guys, it's 2019 now. Not the 1400s. Get a grip. <laughs> oh, the decision for having <laughs> I can't. This is just so dumb. <laughs> They're literally praising Saudi Arabia for not having ring girls. Gee, the way Saudi Arabia, they just put their women up on a pedestal. They treat their women so well in Saudi Arabia, they won't even have ring girls at boxing matches. Not like us misogynists. Not like us women haters here in the West. We could learn a lot from the Saudis. Fucking unreal, isn't it? It's current year. The decision for having no traditional ring girls is cultural, uh, reportedly because of modesty laws in the country. Reportedly. <laughs> reportedly. Because, allegedly. Allegedly, there's some kind of modesty thing in Saudi Arabia. Modesty laws. Not infringing on freedom laws. Not suppression laws. None of that stuff. No, no, no. It's some kind of modesty thing that they do there. Isn't it lovely? There are a myriad of reasons why many object to this fight being staged in Saudi Arabia at all. The country, while using the event to promote outside tourism and plans to reform the Saudi sports sector, is in the midst of what Amnesty International describes as a human rights crackdown. There is no irony. There is no reflection of irony here whatsoever. The detainment of women's rights activists is a particularly grave concern. The atmosphere is likely to be relatively muted for a fight of this magnitude held in a country with next to no boxing heritage, with some fans put off from travelling, not to mention a strict no-alcohol policy. We should get rid of the alcohol too. They're onto something, these guys. But the lack of ring girls should not be additional cause for despair. <laughs> Instead... It is an opportunity for promoters to witness an international event which the Saudis have spent around £39 million to stage. God bless those Saudi oil money. Yeah. Continuing without bikini-wearing women announcing what round of the fight it is as if those watching in the crowd don't already know the Saudis are ahead of the curve. Woo! Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
This is not, I realize, a new argument, nor will the viewpoint astound. It, it, it is kind of new, though, because I've never seen this level of progressivism. Some, sometimes you have to step back from the coalface and just see things as they are. You now have people who are so woke, who are they, they are now so progressive that they are applauding the fact that Saudi Arabia does not have uh, ring girls at boxing events because to have a ring girl at a boxing event is sexist and Saudi Arabia is doing the right thing. Like, you cannot make this shit up. <laughs> Particularly delivered by a woman who reports on sport for a living. But it is a debate worth having, the author continues, particularly when the fight for women in sport to be taken seriously is gathering steam. This year has seen the first woman to win a grade one jumps race at the Cheltenham Festival, a USA team winning the World Cup, which routinely outperforms and out-earns their male peers and a flurry of big money sponsorship deals for women's sport. It's all happening. A powerful message has been conveyed to young girls that women's sport is growing, supported and watched by both sexes. We're going off. It's going off its tits, women's sport. Let's not undo that good by bombarding them with images of ring, podium and card girls as though looking good is all they can aspire to. <laughs> but if it's going so well, why change it? I mean, if everything's going swimmingly, why do we need to do this? Just a quick, good, a very good question in the chat from Poop Angel. Are women even allowed to attend the event? I don't know. I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. Pioneers like Nicola Adams have made women's boxing acceptable to the masses. And in her wake, the demand to watch female fighters like Katie Taylor sometimes even outstrips their male counterparts. Last month, Taylor headlined a bill at Manchester Arena where hometown fighter Anthony Crawler was on the undercard. The Irish woman's success makes a mockery of the idea that the only place for a woman in the boxing is in the crowd or parading around the ring in little more than knickers in a bra. See, nobody ever said that, though. Nobody ever said that, that the only place for women in boxing is parading around in knickers in a bra. It is a place if they want to. Nobody's putting a gun to their head. Nobody's threatening to whip them if they don't do it. But this this is the like this is the kind of progressive elitism that has just been fomenting over the last sort of 10 years. The same thing happened with the grid girls, right? Listen to this. In the heat of the Me Too era, Formula One bosses announced they would no longer use grid girls, and incredibly, the competition has not suddenly become obsolete as a result. Yes. The car racing hasn't become obsolete, but you know what happened after the Formula One got rid of the grid girls based on feminist outrage that there shouldn't be grid girls? All of the grid girls came out and said, hey, that's not fair. I really love my job. Why are you doing this to us? This is the state of modern progressivism. This is the state of modern feminism is removing choices from women, taking choices away. They are literally praising Saudi Arabia for how they deal with ring girls and promo girls in sports. I, it is fucking unbelievable. Yay for Saudi Arabia for not having that sexist uh, ring girl hold up what, uh, what round it is in the boxing match. Yay. We can learn from Saudi Arabia, guys. It's 2019. Come on now. 
So when they banned the grid girls from Formula One, all they see, <clears throat> it's a choice. It's a job. And for a lot of these uh, grid girls, that was like the first step into like working promotions is the first step into other aspects. Like maybe you can get into modeling. Maybe you can get into acting. Maybe you can like something in entertainment. Oftentimes these girls will start off as promo girls and then work their way up. They get like six months experience, 12 months experience working promo. And hey, let's be honest here. It's probably a really good fucking job to just stand there on the grid next to a next to a race car and hold an umbrella for two hours. Get yourself a hundred, couple of hundred bucks. Fucking yeah, why not? Maybe they're paying for food. Maybe they're paying for study. Who knows? Maybe they're doing that as a kind of stepping stone to a, a career in modeling or something. But no, 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 no. That's not good enough, see? The feminists, the other women are so concerned with your empowerment that they sit there in their, you know, in their little shacks, in their little caves, and they dictate to you what women should be doing. And you have no say in the matter. You have no choice. You have to listen. No, no, no. You can't be a you can't be a grid girl. That's sexist. But I want to do it. Yes, but you're too stupid to know what you want. You should be a doctor or a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist instead. <laughs> you can do anything you want, but I want to be a grid girl, but you can't do that. You should be a lawyer. Why don't you do something in the STEM fields? Why don't you become a mathematician? But I want to be a grid girl and a model. But that's because you're internalizing the misogyny, you see. See, I learned all about this when I was reading about how Saudi Arabia treats grid girls. They don't have them. Saudi Arabia knows better than you what women want. Isn't it just beautiful? And then you have to have these idiotic conversations with feminists and you have to explain to them why nobody likes them anymore. Why nobody thinks feminism is relevant anymore. They exist to take uh, women's options away. They're telling women what to do. They're not empowering anyone. The only people they're empowering are people like me who can point to them and say, you are fucking out of your mind. You have completely lost your mind here. You're praising Saudi Arabia. You're telling women that they can't do what they want to do. What fucking relevance are you at all at this point? Isn't it gorgeous? The repeated refrain to this that some women rely on these jobs for their livelihoods and even that they enjoy the work them itself. But sometimes there is a bigger picture. Do, do you want to <laughs> do you want to hear this this line again? Listen to it. The repeated refrain to this is that some women rely on these jobs for their livelihoods and even they enjoy the work itself. But sometimes there is a bigger picture. The author is saying, you might need the money, you might really like doing the job, but you're not considering the big picture here. We need to take your job away. We need to stop you doing what you like doing, ladies, because some other fucking political goal is more important. The revolution is more important than what you want. Individual, you know, wants need to take a backseat to the collective. We have an agenda here. We can't have you out there doing what you want because that doesn't help the agenda, ladies. So you need to be banned. Do we not want a world where girls and women are on an equal footing? This is what the author's asking. 
Do we not want a world where girls and women are on an equal footing, where there are more opportunities for women in the ring, on the pitch and in the boardroom in sport, rather than perpetuating this idea of them simply as decoration? Don't you see? We need to take freedom away from you so you can have the freedom to do things. See, in order to have equality, we need to treat you differently. In order to have equality, we need to stop you from doing what you want. In order to have empowerment, we need to restrict your options. We need to funnel you. We need to control you in order to put you into the roles that we want you to have so we can turn to the rest of the world and show everybody how empowered and free and free to choose your own path you are. This level of insanity should be, you should be locked up for this level of insane. Not writing blogs. You, 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 should, be, uh, you, you should be committed and studied for this level of illogical blather. There you have it. Sky News. Isn't it time to reject women as window dressing in sport? You know why? Because Saudi Arabia is doing it. And come on, guys. It's 2019. Can't we be a little bit better than this? Um, I tell you what, the voice the voice is getting close to the edge here. Um, I might I might leave it there. Actually, one more story for you: telling women what they what they should do. Who saw this floating around the last week or two? <laughs> this is another sensational piece of invention here. Japanese store rethinks badges for staff on periods. <laughs> A Japanese department store where staff could wear badges if they were on their period has said it will rethink that policy. Why? What's wrong with this? I, for one, am in favour of this. I mean, if a woman wants to walk around with a badge on that says, I am on my period, I will know to steer well clear of that woman. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that the kind of equality that we want, ladies and gentlemen? Isn't this empowering? Come on. Don't make me take you to, don't make me buy you a ticket to Saudi Arabia to treat you a little bit of how to treat a woman right. How to treat a woman with goddamn respect. Get out of that, get out of that ring. Put on some clothes and wear your I've got a period badge right now. <laughs> the badges, which featured a cartoon character known as Miss Period, Little Miss Period here. <laughs> Little Miss Period. Were introduced in October. The intention was that the staff could get extra help or longer breaks if they were wearing one. Now, all of a sudden, all the ladies in the audience who are like, what the fuck is this? Wait, we can have twice as long for lunch? Hmm. Maybe I'll have a period every day and enjoy another glass of Chardonnay. Sounds like a great idea. It was, it was never the intention to share the menstrual information with their customers. <laughs> a spokeswoman told the BBC, the Damaru branch at Osaka Umeda introduced the badges in October for the 500 or so staff in the women's wardrobe section. The badges, which were voluntary, were introduced after a suggestion from employees themselves and were linked to the opening of a new section of the store. 
On one side, the badge said the new section devoted to women's well-being was opening on 22nd of November. On the other side, the Siri Chan mascot, Siri meaning period or menstruation. The idea, Damaro spokeswoman Yoku Higuchi told BBC, was to improve the working environment for staff by sharing the information. Ah, Female privilege, says Ludwig in the chat. What did staff and customers make of it? When the store told the media about the badges on the 21st of November, some outlets incorrectly reported that the purpose was to let customers as well as colleagues know if a woman was on her period. One unnamed Amaru executive told local media that there were many complaints from the public, some of them concerning harassment. But others were positive, she said. If you saw a colleague was having her period, you could offer to carry heavy things for her or suggest she takes longer breaks and this support would be mutual. She also said customers had phoned in with their support. I, I was in the store. I was in the store earlier today and uh, there was a lovely young lady there who was on her period. She was menstruating. And I just wanted to call in and let you know how much I appreciated her service. And if she could please stop barking orders at the men in the room, that would be most appreciative. Thank you very much. I just want to lend my support to the young lady who was on her period, if that's possible. I'm just phoning in with my support for the bleeding heroine who served me my sweater vest. Damaru are not cancelling the policy, but they are rethinking it. Miss Higuchi said they would come up with a different way of sharing the information without alerting the public. <laughs> it's just mad. It's just mad. But I thought, <clears throat> well, why the outrage? Because there was a whole bunch of, like, TV shows, you know, those morning panel shows in the West, like in Australia here, uh, a bunch of angry women on TV were saying, oh, my God, it's disgusting. It's offensive. It's awful. You know, the progressive stuff. Oh, that's awful. Why are they doing this? How can they do this? It's terrible, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, yeah, why would they do this? Where would they get an idea like this? Where would a company get the idea that it's okay to share information about your period? Where would that come from? Where would that kind of thinking come from? Oh, let me take you back to 2017, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go back in the Wayback Machine. The Guardian <laughs> from 2017. Where would where would a company get this idea that it's okay to talk about periods openly? Disgusting, offensive, sexist. Well, for the eternally uh, for the eternally confused progressives amongst us. Here's where they get the idea. We're having a menstrual liberation. How periods got woke. Yes. Periods happen to half the population, so why are they still treated as something to hide? Meet the activists seeing red. <laughs> we had to liberate the period. We're running out of shit to liberate. So we had to liberate the period. And now the period is liberated. And now companies have are also engaged in liberating the period. And the companies want their employees to wear a little badge that says, hey, I'm on my period. It's nothing to be ashamed about. Maybe you could help me lift a heavy box. And the progressives turn around and say, oh, my God, why are you doing that? It's disgusting. They, they have no idea who they are. They are, they are against the thing that they are for on any given day of the week. They have no idea what they really want. Yet these are the people who want to be calling the shots culturally for the rest of us. And they have no idea what they believe in. I am sitting in a hotel room meeting with 12 women, all of us squeezing menstrual cups against our cheeks. 
The blinds are down, the wine has been flowing for the past hour, and after a few people have taken selfies, Mandu Reed, an expert in cupography, explains how to use our menstrual cups. Do you feel that gentle suction, she asks? That's one of the most important features. It's one of the reasons why, if you're good at using it, it's more reliable than a tampon. She goes on to demonstrate some of the best positions for inserting a cup, sitting on the edge of a toilet seat, man-spreading, standing with one leg up on the toilet seat, or lying down with your legs in the air. Remember, this is from The Guardian. I have no idea where companies are getting the idea that liberation of the period is such a good thing. How awful. How awful. How sexist. A pose she holds while we take pictures for social media. Got to get those um, inserting my menstrual cup selfies out there on Instagram, ladies. Be a real hit. The most important thing is for you to be relaxed. Put on some jazz and light some candles, she jokes. This is a cup-aware party designed to get women together to talk about menstrual cups. Who would have thunk it? It couldn't be more different from the last bit of menstrual education I received when I was 12 and the Tampax lady came into my school in her navy blazer and gave out freebies. The evening feels more like a hen do, except that most of us are meeting for the first time and the colourful silicon objects are scattered across the room are not sex toys. The goal is to break the taboo around discussing menstruation and to raise awareness of period products beyond the tampons and sanitary towels that dominate the market. The object is to remove the taboo around the period, ladies and gentlemen. We need to liberate the period. There's too much taboo. It's funny because every woman that I've ever known in my life, the last thing that they want to talk about is their own period. But this is just like this is just like the ring girl thing. This is just like the Formula One girl thing again, over and over again. Feminists are telling other women that they're not allowed to wear a bikini to earn money, that they're not allowed to be a grid girl in Formula One for their own good because they're feminists. We are empowering you by limiting your choices. And same shit here. Feminists are telling women, no, you need to talk about your period more often. You need to liberate your period. You need to talk about your menstrual cycle with everyone that you meet. But I don't really want to talk about my period. That's kind of private. I don't want to really share that information with everyone. Oh, oh, you are such a slave to the patriarchy, bitch. You don't even know what's good for you. You can't see the big picture. You can't see what we're trying to do here. We're trying to free you. We're doing this for your own benefit. We want everybody talking about your period. And we don't want you doing what you want to do for a job. We want you doing what we want you to do for a job. Because we believe in empowerment. We believe in females having their own choices. We believe in liberation. So we're going to liberate the... We're liberating the period, but we're stopping women from doing the job that they want. That's great. It's great logic at work here, ladies. Don't you feel empowered? Don't you feel good? Come on, it's 2019. You can learn something from Saudi Arabia. Liberate your period and listen to your feminist overlaws. Women will do what they're told by other women. Because that's what empowerment is all about. That's what feminism is all about. That's what progress is all about. And we can all learn a little something from Saudi Arabia. Because let's be fair, it is 2019. 
And I think we've had enough of this women deciding for themselves garbage. They need other women to whip them into shape. They need other women to steer them into the right path. They need other women to make the period cool again. Let's talk about our periods, girls. Have you got a relation that wants to work as a grid girl? Have you got a a girlfriend that earns money in a bikini? How dare she? Doesn't she understand that she's a slave to men? What she needs to do is start writing angry blogs on Instagram and taking selfies of her inserting her menstruation cup. That's what real female, that's what real feminism is about. Blood in the streets. Women will do what they're told. That brings us to the end of this edition of the Daily Boogie on that high note. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me about your menstruation cycle, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Don't forget, please head over to DLive, uh, dlive.tv forward slash boogie bumper and sign up over there. Follow me over there just in case the band hammer hits us in the next week or so. Uh, follow our friends at Real Person PLTCS at ChrisMC44 at YCensored underscore. I'll be back tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Got a little bit further today with the voice, so I'm happy about that. Inch by inch, we're getting there. I'll be back tomorrow at 6 p.m. Um, until then, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye bye. Hold up. 